And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me on the phone line today is Mike Kozlarek. He serves as Associate Director of the Collegiate Mission with the Navigators. And Mike, it's, it's a real honor to have you on the program with us today. Thank you, Dan. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I'm just so pleased for the opportunity, and I look forward to getting uh, the chance to jump in. The uh, subject today concerns sexual wholeness, and Mike, you have had a great ministry with the Navigators working in their collegiate mission in this particular area of sexual health and wholeness. And I'm wondering if you can get us started by describing what you do with them, and then we'll get into the whole area of honoring God with our bodies and minds. Fair enough. Let me begin, Dan, by saying that there is an epidemic in the United States related to sexual brokenness, uh, with pornography being front and center in that, but there are many other things, um, from sexting and Instagram uh, pictures that are suggestive. There's physical activities. Um, there's, um, uh, you know, adult bookstores and massage parlors and uh, prostitution. And it's enormous and growing rapidly. The, the sex trade industry is exploding in the United States. And so we in the Navigators began to realize some four and a half years ago that we were not doing enough to help students uh, who are, are facing these challenges, these temptations, and many of them were struggling, and we were not well prepared to um, move into their lives in this area. At the time, we began, and we were thinking primarily, Dan, about men, but later, it became evident to us that this is a growing thing amongst women. Um, so amongst uh, young men in college age, we'll say, probably 90% or more of them are using pornography at least on an occasional basis, and some um, far more than that. Some literally 10, 15 hours a week or more that they're using Internet pornography. And, and I'm aware now that uh, amongst women, the rate of use is getting somewhere between 30 and 50% of college-age women. And the nature of the pornography is a little different for women. Often it's uh, in written form, like a, a very graphic romance novel, or it could be uh, just uh, something like a steamy chick flick, as well as, uh, you know, pure Internet pornography as we would understand that. But um, either way, for the men or the women, it's uh, happening on unprecedented uh, levels right now. Um, and, Dan, let me just say, um, before I go any further, a definition of pornography that I like to use. A lot of people say, well, that's just soft porn, that's hard porn. Well, is that really even porn? Here's the way I like to look at it, and I found this helpful for a lot of people. The idea is this. Whatever the intended arousal that someone desires from hardcore pornography, if they can achieve that arousal through some other means, 
then whatever that other means is acts for them as pornography. So it could be walking in the mall in front of Victoria's Secret. It could be watching Dancing with the Stars on TV. It could be watching Olympic figure skating pairs uh, or Olympic women's beach volleyball. There's, there's a number of things. It could be just looking in the newspaper at the flyers for the department stores. Things of this nature, I think our culture would, would laugh at and say, oh, that's so uh, lightweight, that's no big deal. But if uh, a young man or young woman is purposing to use those just like pornography, then essentially it is pornography to them. Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, it makes abundant sense, Mike, and uh, that's a, that's a very good distinction. Um, this uh, what you covered so far has been helpful. Um, just the uh, pervasive nature of the problem. Um, I'm not sure people are aware that it's as large a problem as it is, and that was helpful what you shared so far, Mike. From a, a biblical point of view, what are even just one um, principle from the scriptures that guides us in terms of how we're to view and treat our own bodies uh, that would help us as we go forward in, in, in talking about this today? Well, you know, two, two scripture passages come to mind, Dan. The first is uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, 4, and 7. It's God's will that you should be holy, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And the point here is that we should avoid sexual immorality. And, uh, you know, avoiding means not going near. So, for example, I was talking with a male student once, and I asked how was he doing in this area. I was sort of an accountability partner for him. And he said, you know, it's not going too bad, uh, but then last Saturday... I was doing okay, I was on the internet, I was looking at the swimsuit edition, and then I made a couple of clicks, and I'm like, pardon me, wait, wait, you were looking at the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated? He said, yes. And I said, that's not pornography? And he said, well, no, uh, no. And I said, do you think that's avoiding sexual immorality? And he's like, well, and so... I, this key thing here, this concept, is avoiding sexual immorality. And there's another verse, Ephesians 5.3, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. And so this same idea, uh, not even a hint of sexual immorality. Yeah, that's very helpful. What was that uh, Thessalonians passage again, Mike? Chapter 4, verses 3, 4, and 7. I use a, an illustration that young people tend to like. If you're playing Frisbee, you don't want to do that right near the edge of a cliff because best-case scenario, you lose your Frisbee. Mm. And that's the idea. You, you don't want to be anywhere near a cliff when you're playing Frisbee. You want to avoid the cliff. There's nothing around you that even hints at looking like a cliff. And the same would be true with sexual immorality. You want to avoid it. You don't want to have anything that even hints at sexual immorality. And I think that's a profound truth that is so vital in today's culture where we've got this porn-crazed, sex-obsessed culture around us. 
offering constant temptation to our young men and women, well, to all of us, myself included. And we've just got to find a way to put boundaries between us and some of those things that can trip us up. Yeah, for sure. Today I'm talking with Mike Kozlarek of The Navigators, and our subject concerns sexual wholeness as opposed to sexual brokenness. And Mike has a lot of experience in working with college students in this very area. Mike, one thing that I'm interested in related to this is uh, homeschoolers. And um, there's a number of families where their parents have chosen to educate their children at home. A number of them go on to college. But um, what about to those parents? Any uh, guidelines for their students that are in the home that obviously almost all of them have a high-speed Internet connection and a computer at their fingertips? Well, I was talking to a physical therapist this morning, Dan. I was in getting my shoulder worked on, and she asked me, what am I up to? And I was uh, doing some work in this particular arena over the last several days on a trip that I made to the East Coast. And she has two sons, and I said, this is something that's a big deal. Um, uh, Many young men are addicted to pornography, and she was like, oh, come on. I'm like, no, no, really. And uh, she had no idea. Uh, And I think it's just because the nature of this area has changed so much from when, say, you and I, Dan, were young men, the, the ease at which we can get to these sexually explicit materials, the anonymity that we can get there, it's, it's just so accessible that we have no idea how easy it is for our young people to either uh, proactively or inadvertently find some things that, um, that we would never have had access to before. So effectively, for today's young man and woman, the Internet provides so much sexually explicit material that it would be as if when I was a teen, my parents kept a well-stocked, fresh supply of pornography on a rack in my bedroom, available for me 24-7. That's what our young people are facing today. And so it's hugely important that we understand just how big a threat this is. The way I describe it, Internet pornography is a giant in the land, and we've got to do battle with that giant. And there are many people who don't know the giant even exists, and there are some who even uh, would say there is no such giant. But the reality is that giant is out there, and, and, and he wants to destroy uh, men and women in just very damaging ways. So Internet pornography, uh, if a young man or young woman were to become addicted to where there's just uh, frequent sexually compulsive behavior that they don't seem that they can control, it impacts them in so many ways. Their their current relationships are damaged. Um, So if it's, let's say, a young man, he begins more and more and more to objectify every woman he sees because that's the picture that he has. Much of the Internet pornography today is violent in nature. For example, 88% of the top pornography films that are available today 
have some form of violence in them, some uh, form of aggression. Very, very current. Uh, the whole um, movie Fifty Shades of Grey is about um, bondage and submission and sadism, masochism. It's loaded with physically violent sexual behavior. And so young men and young women, whether they're homeschooled or uh, go to the public school or private school, this is there for the asking. Uh, it's so simple for them to get to it. And it's um, extremely damaging. Not only does it uh, impact the way they look at women or men, it also gets them to the point of such shame that they begin to be more passive. Um, so if they're um, struggling in this area uh, and their faith is just not giving them enough altitude to break free, they begin to think, boy, maybe my faith is um, inadequate or maybe this whole thing about faith is untrue, that God is not real. And so people can question um, just their very convictions. They um, will often get so consumed with pornography that other things suffer, school, studies, relationships. It, it's amazing the depth of the impact that these things can have on our young people today. Mm, that's very helpful. Um, no question, it's a, it's a real um, concern, even for the homeschoolers who think, you know, they're not uh, exposed as much to um, uh, bad factors, but they, they really can be, uh, right in their own home, right in their own bedroom. Um, it seems to me, uh, you haven't mentioned this yet, Mike, that um, some guidelines would be in order for these young people uh, living inside their parents' homes, such as... Uh, um, keeping their bedroom door open, having the computer screen facing the door, just simple uh, kind of built-in accountability measures. Absolutely, Dan. Those kinds of things are so important. Um, when my uh, boys were teens and at home, uh, they're now both um, adults, but we had uh, the computers that they could use, uh, two computers set up in our kitchen, and that's where they were able to get online. And so there's many things like that. One thing that I found is extremely helpful, Dan, uh, is uh, there are uh, several accountability programs that you install on your computer, and they will track every website that you visit. And then they have an ability to grade certain websites as being more likely that there was some sexually explicit material. They even can have levels from highly mature, mature, teen, etc. And so you can set this up on your computer so that anything that's questionable would come out in a weekly report to an accountability partner of your choosing or multiple accountability partners. And there's several different um, trade names. So Covenant Eyes is one, Safe Eyes, Triple uh, X Church. These are all things that you put on your computer, and then it just watches everything that you go to online. And sometimes there's false positives. So, for example, a friend of mine, uh, I got a, uh, a report from him, and one of the things was an image called Pretty Lady. And I thought, oh, dear. So I called up my friend, and I said, hey, what's this? And he said, 
oh, I, I was doing a PowerPoint. That's a picture of a sailboat. <laughs> so those kind of things happen. Um, but there's also, you know, if, if there's uh, uh, a true positive, then those things come out too. And so we recommend that any family who has uh, teens that are at the place where they're using the Internet for school, uh, for anything really, that they have a program like this because it just helps you uh, by making them realize everywhere I go, someone will know. I can't hide it. And so that's a, a big uh, deterrent to choosing poorly sometimes. Mm, yes. Well, this is very helpful, Mike, and um, I have my Bible open again to this First Thessalonians passage, chapter 4, and would encourage our listeners to go and read that uh, after this program today, particularly, let's say, the first um, 12 verses or so, where it talks about our bodies and how that we are to abstain from sexual immorality. And it's not just a suggestion. I mean, this is this is a command from God through the Apostle Paul. And uh, he explains that God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. And so uh, there's no option here. And, and when he comments further, he says, He who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. And it, it seems significant that the Holy Spirit is exactly that. He is a Holy Spirit, uh, not a unclean spirit. Dan, one thing I'd like to jump into, which uh, is is uh, something that people have a hard time uh, understanding. If you know the scriptures, if you know uh, this passage that you just mentioned, or many others, and even have some of these passages memorized, then wouldn't that be enough to know that I shouldn't go there, and therefore people would just avoid these things? And there's there's some... Um, research into brain function that is uh, very relevant to this area of sexually compulsive behavior. And in a nutshell, the left brain, that's, that's the side where we're verbal, where we're logical, and then the right brain, which is more uh, for emotions and uh, experiences. And the left brain would have the knowledge that something is wrong, but it could be said that the right brain is the executive control system. So let me give you an example. Someone looks at a dog. Their left brain says a whole bunch of uh, information about a particular dog, but the right brain says, yes, and that dog bit you back when you were 14 years old. And so the right brain trumps the left brain. Even though this particular dog may be very safe, your right brain is the executive control system, and it decides when the left hemisphere is being allowed to control what you're doing. And so in this area with sexually compulsive behavior, you may know all these things about why this is a bad choice, but if your right brain somehow has drawn the conclusion that this sexually uh, compulsive behavior 
somehow meets a need, the right brain will overcome the left brain. It will uh, trump the left brain. And so people who know perfectly well that something is wrong can fall into these things. And this, I think, is what happens when you hear, for example, Dan, of a pastor who's fallen into sexual immorality. They've been teaching on this, they know the truth, and yet they fall into this. And it's because there's some things that are in their right brain that really haven't been surrendered to the Lord. Maybe there's some wounds that haven't been given up, some, some uh, offenses against them they haven't forgiven. There's work to be done in order to bring the truth to bear on those places. And therefore, someone who would be able to explain to you very carefully why you should never go there ends up going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. This discussion could go on for many hours, I'm sure, Mike. I see we only have about four or five minutes left yet. Let's say someone wants to get help, and they realize they're in trouble, um, but they're too ashamed to bring it up to anyone. Any advice for that person? Well, first of all, Dan, let me say that the greatest nightmare in this area is exposure of your failure in this arena, that is also the greatest remedy. Mm -hmm. The first step is to get into the light, to find someone who would be able to receive your information well, someone who is spiritually healthy and mature and would be able to come alongside you, not someone up here, for example, who's also struggling. You need to have someone who's not falling in this area. And getting into the light is the biggest first step that you can do. For men and women, there are uh, people who will be able to help you walk out of this area, this arena of of brokenness. It'll take some time. It'll take some commitment. But you really do need to confess to someone that you're struggling. Basically, Dan, what happens is these addictions are born out of a relationship, and it's a a brokenness in relationship. And the only way to redeem that area is to do it within relationship. And therefore, you would have to get into uh, a place, a situation where you can get into the light. So I would say that's the number one biggest thing that somebody can do to start their journey of um, being released from sexually compulsive behavior. Mm, Very helpful. Also, um... Do you have any um, website where someone could go for advice to read wholesome content uh, about their problem and that will guide them through? There's a, uh, a website, and it's actually a ministry, Setting the Captives Free, that is uh, for men, and they will not only provide you with materials, but they'll connect you with a purity coach who will help you walk through this. And it'll be an internet, uh, an email uh, relationship. But I've heard tremendous things from something um, that's free and available online like that. There's a couple of books that I could recommend. One for men would be a title called Surfing for God by Michael Cusick, C-U-S-I-C-K. And that one is phenomenal. Another is for women... Sex and the Soul of a Woman by Paula Reinhardt. And you can get both of these on, uh, on Amazon, and 
they are phenomenal resources to help someone to deal not just with the behavior, but with the underlying heart desires that need to be impacted so that the behavior changed more naturally. It's fairly easy to put boundaries and accountability in place to force you to change your behavior. But if you don't get the heart transformation, Dan, Mm. then you're just white-knuckling it. And it's only a matter of time before you're going to fall. Mike, in the last minute here, um, could you describe really brief, what does it look like when you come into the light and when this person comes into the light and they start realizing a victory over this particular sin in their lives, what is it like? Dan, I have seen that this issue is such a devastating thing, but it's also a tremendous opportunity for the advance of the gospel. Because if you, if you want to break free, you're going to have to deal with things in your heart. And as you do, all those things in your heart impact all the different ways that you struggle in life, and not just sexually. It's exciting to see people who've struggled with anger or struggled with a lack of self-control in the area of money, for example, uh, where relationships are, are not healthy. That if you deal with the root causes of sexually compulsive behavior that many of these other things will change. And, and I have seen that some people who have been broken free from these behaviors become the absolute best evangelists because they want to tell someone, Christ has set me free. I have a story that's worth repeating. And people who might be shy or ashamed to talk about their faith, when they break free in this area, it's powerful how their testimony can help others to break free. So I've seen unbelievable transformation in men and women in these areas. Well, praise the Lord. That, that's a blessing to hear. Uh, today I've been talking with Mike Kozlarek of the Navigators. He's the Associate Director of the Collegiate Mission, and he works in the area of Sexual Health and Wholeness Initiative. And, uh, Mike, it's been rich. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join our listeners today. You're most welcome, Dan. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, dear listener, if you have a question for Mike, you can use the email address here at the station. It is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org, and we'll forward that question to Mike. Also, this entire episode is up on our website. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Also a reminder to please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.